Hello, everybody, and welcome to our first episode of Doinked, Josh and Dave's sports podcast, where we're going to be breaking down many, many different things that have happened in the NFL, the NBA, NHL, MLB, your MMA world, and even some soccer stuff. Uh, this is a complete relaunch of what used to be the Double Doink Sports Podcast. Yes, it used to be known specifically as the Double Doink Sports. Um, but now, since the Double Doink is now our production umbrella, and obviously if you guys have been listening to our wrestling show, you know the Doink and Doink connection. Yep. So, um, And because it's so fitting doinked. that Eddie Pinheiro doinked the post, not once, but twice, he double doinked. Yes. That so, football yep. in the NFC wildcard wild game, game last year. Last year, where the Eagles actually got out of the wildcard last year. Yeah, I know. Unlike this year. But yeah, we but have y'all a, didn't even make it. No, but hey, <laughs> we have a lot to go over. Um, yes, we do. We're not going to completely go over the NFL playoffs. We're going to go over the uh, the conference championship games. Yep. Uh, we're going to go over each of our teams' end of season. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Major League Baseball. Many, many big things have happened. Yeah. Um, big I can news. specifically remember a certain doink uh, calling the Astros scumbags last year. Boy, did that prophecy come true. Yeah. And one of, one of the other doinks was a huge Red Sox fan. And yep. uh, <sighs> see Boy, how that guilt, worked out. Guilty by association, yeah, my friend. Yeah, bro. Actually, he was the mastermind, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, Hall of Fame voting finally came in. Yeah. Uh, two new entrants into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame. Yeah. And one that everyone thought would have been. Unanimous, but was gout by one, one vote. vote. Yep. Um, go over NHL standings at yeah. a particular moment. Uh, we're getting to the... Uh, we, we've already had our Winter Classic. We yep. have our All-Star break coming up pretty soon. Yep. Um, NBA. Yep. Uh, been an excellent season so far this year. Yeah. And big happenings in MMA this past weekend. Yeah, there was a huge, huge fight, fight this past weekend. And we wanted to launch this, ep- this episode last week so this way we could get our thoughts about yeah. what was going to happen. But we weren't prepped for we it. We weren't ready. And thank God because, boy, I did not think McGregor was going to come out like that. No. I thought the ring rust was going to get to McGregor. Yeah. I thought Cowboy Cowboy was going to have it in two. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a a match that was going to go into the second round. Yeah. Not only did Cowboy not win this match, this is the first time in his career. In what, 36 fights? 34 professional fights, I think. He has not landed a single strike. Yeah. He did not make any contact. And I think the, the the most telling thing is with McGregor, it wasn't so much the punches he threw. It was that shoulder thing he was hitting him with. Yeah. Did you see that shoulder thing he was yeah. hitting him with? That was vicious. Yeah. Just, and, just, just and, a way to mess somebody up who's in close guard to you and yeah. just whack them with your, with your shoulder blade. I mean, not with your shoulder blade, with, like your with actual the outside shoulder. of your shoulder. And then he finished him with a kick. Yeah, which is which McGregor never does. No, McGregor it's never. Straight, fin- it's straight punch knockouts. Yeah, because he he's got a boxing background, and that's yeah. why he decided to go up against Floyd Mayweather, which because, was dumb. Yeah, well, a lot of money, man. Yeah, you know, money talks. But what was most important? I like how we just threw this in. That this is what we're talking about first, because yeah. I don't know what your order is. Oh no, 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 this is where I wanted to stop because this was huge. <sighs> what I really, really liked about this match is how it ended, not how the match ended. No, what McGregor did in the ring. And- how. Humble McGregor was Dude. after this. McGregor, the most cocky SOB Co- in all of MMA, yep. was humbled by this fight with Cowboy. Yeah. You have, so first he knocks him out, M- knocks him out with his own move. Yeah. Cowboy's known for head kicks. Yeah. Okay. He's then interviewed in the ring. He's embracing Cowboy's grandmother in the ring. Yeah. Gives her a big hug in the ring. Yeah. You know, obviously there was something shared between the two of them. Then they get backstage. He's interviewed by ESPN. 
He's humbled the whole time he's back there. He's talking yeah. about his family, and obviously he's dropping his plugs for his, his of course, his his uh, uh whiskey twelve profit. Of course, you know he does that stuff, and then he sits down at the the post match press conference right after yeah. Dana White, and he, again very humbled, talking about how like he he it was great to get himself back in the ring. He felt very comfortable at one seventy. He knows who he wants to fight next, which is Khabib. Um, I don't know if that match is going to happen. I don't think so because. Um, I mean, it's going to take a lot of money to get Khabib back in the ring to face McGregor. Yeah. After everything that happened the last time. But that's a match everybody wants to see. Yeah. And, and I can't wait if that happens. Yeah. Um, I know Khabib wants it in Russia. McGregor would love to fight in Ireland. Obviously. It'll happen in LA. It, it happened or in uh, LA Las or Vegas. Las Vegas. You know what I mean? But I'm just so... I, I was so taken aback that this cocky SOB who wants every belt around his waist... I'm impressed with McGregor up, on this. Yeah. Just a, a complete awakening for this guy. And... We talk about dominating performances in like professional sports. This match was a domination of a guy who's a seasoned veteran. Yeah. Who's again thirty four professional fights. He has the most career head knockouts with a kick. Um, every match he's ever been in, he's landed strikes. He's been able to do what he has to do. I'll be. Mm-hmm. He's never won all of his matches, cowboy, but he's been in every match. Yeah. McGregor took him over right from the beginning when he threw that first left. And Forty he seconds, him. dude. It was over. It was such a good match. Yeah. Such a good match. It was a great fight. So, let's segue into another sport that does a lot of fighting, which is hockey. Yeah. Okay? Both of our teams are having really good seasons this year. Well, we're ha- well. the Bruins are having a very good uh, regulation season. Yeah, they can't because win in overtime. Because we can't freaking win in overtime. We no, can't win man. in overtime. We can't win in shootouts. Nope. You guys have 12 losses in overtime. Yeah. 12. Which is absolutely ridiculous. incredible. How many losses do we have? 10. Ten losses and twelve of them are in over. Well, twelve additional in overtime. That's incredible, dude. That's incredible. Yeah, normally it's like you'll well, get look at, look you'll at, get three. Hold on, look, four. Look, at, look at Colorado, right? So we're just gonna look over the wins and losses, okay? Yeah. Boston has 29, 29 wins. Colorado has twenty eight. Boston has ten regulation losses. Yeah. Colorado has fifteen. Colorado has six overtime losses. Boston has double that. Yeah. We now, the, now the cannot nice, win in. Regulation, or we cannot win, win in, overtime. in overtime. No, once it gets to four and four hockey, you just can't yeah. do it. I, no. I don't know what it is, but it is what it is. Um, both teams right now have MVP candidates. Oh, I mean between um, Pasternak, David Pasternak, and it's in, incredible, uh, and Nate McKinnon. Yeah. Oh, Connor McDavid may win the may win yeah. the whole thing though. This kid's unbelievable. He's single handedly carrying Edmonton. I mean, he has a yeah. good one two punch with him. Yeah. But, I mean. Just look at the stuff that Edmonton's been doing this year. Yeah. And, and a team that we were talking about at the beginning of the season, um, Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. They've tanked. I told you. you can't. Uh, anybody who wants to go back and listen to our sports podcast from last year when we were talking about the Sabres, yeah. all I kept saying was, you can't rely on a goalie to stop 97% of his shots, and you can't rely on a guy who's going to score one out of every three shots he takes. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, no. And guess what has happened? It stopped. Yeah, and the Sabers did the exact same thing this year that they did last year. Yeah, they started off really strong. Yep, and they've tanked. So, how, speaking of, how is St. Louis doing, and how's Tampa Bay doing? So, you ready? I'm gonna go over the I'm gonna go over the rankings in the divisions. So, when we go to the Central Division, which is out west, yep, St. Louis is number one. Yeah, okay. In 49 games played, they have 30 wins, 11 losses, eight overtime losses. Okay, okay. 68 points with a goal differential of plus 24. Behind them, same amount of games played as the Colorado Avalanche. 28 wins, 15 losses with 6 overtime losses, 62 points, but a better goal differential of plus 36. 
In third place is the Dallas Stars. 48 games played, 27 wins, 17 losses, 4 overtime losses with 58 points and a plus 5 goal differential. That is your Central Division. Mm-hmm. Your Pacific Division is led by the Vancouver Canucks with 49 games played, 27 wins, 18 losses, 4 overtime losses, 58 points with a plus 13. Edmonton is second in that division, 49 games played, 26 wins, 18 losses with five overtime losses, 57 points, and a plus two goal differential. Think about that. They only have a plus two goal differential with Connor McDavid absolutely yeah. torching everybody. Yeah. This is the shock to me is the Calgary Flames. They have 50 games played. They're 26, 19, and five. Again, same amount of points as Edmonton with one extra game played. They have a negative 12 goal differential. Yeah. Think about that. That's incredible. Negative, yet somehow. You are still a top three team in your division. Mm-hmm. As far as the wildcard teams, you have the Arizona Coyotes. There are uh, 51 games played, 26 wins, 20 losses, five overtime losses, 57 points. And the Golden Knights are still in this. Yeah. 52 games played with 25 wins, 20 losses, seven overtime losses, and again, 57 points. Yep. Um, as far as teams who are kind of in contention, Winnipeg's got 54 points, Chicago's got 54 points, Minnesota's got 52. So it's pretty tight when it comes to the wild card out west. Um, you get towards the bottom, though, like the Kings are pretty much out of it. With yeah, only the Sharks. The Sharks, man. I, I can't believe that, especially with the talent with Joe yeah. Thornton and everybody. But again, age. That's a yes. thing. Hockey yeah. players, when they age, they age quickly. Yeah, okay. and speaking of an old team, the Boston Bruins are an old yep. team. But. Boston Bruins, man, 51 games. They're 29, 10, and 12. They lead the NHL in points. They have 70 points. They have a plus 34 goal differential. Okay? Yeah. Big. Tampa Bay Lightning are second behind them. 48 games played, so they've played three less games than Boston. 29 wins, 15 losses with four overtime losses, 62 total points with a plus 38. So they're scoring at just as good a pace as the Bruins. Yep. Panthers, 49 games played, 28 wins, 16 losses, Five overtime losses with a total of 61 points and a plus 20 goal differential. When you get to the Metropolitan, oh, I'm sorry. The Bruins aren't the number one team in the NHL. That belongs to the Washington Washington Capitals. 33 wins with 11 losses and five overtime losses, 71 points. These Capitals are scary. Dude, did did Ovechkin end up getting his hat-trick hat-trick? I've, he got a double hat trick, yeah. I know he got a double, but did he get his hat-trick hat-trick? I don't think he got a hat-trick hat-trick. Dude, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's unreal. Yeah, and, he and is. Actually, you want to talk about another guy? Um, was it Patrick Kane who recently just became the mm-hmm. highest, the quickest uh, North American-born hockey player to get to a thousand points? Yep. Like it is. It's just great to watch the sport right now because there's so yeah. much good going on. You yeah, there mean? is. You, you, you're getting fights in hockey right now. I know. Unfortunately, the Boston Bruins are out. With uh, they don't have Tuukka Rask right now because of yeah. real. Dirty, cheap shot yeah. with an elbow. But I was having this conversation with somebody the other day, and to me, the problem with all these injuries you're seeing happening in professional sports nowadays, like yep. concussions and stuff like that, is because these guys aren't hitting the way they used to. Mm-hmm. They're not used to being hit. So what ends up happening is when they get hit one time... When they do get hit, they get it. hard and they're not used to it. Again, <clears throat> I remember, I'm sure my buddy JJ remembers, I'm sure you know Serino remembers, I'm sure Mark remembers, I'm sure Johnny remembers. Paul Correa got decapitated by Scott Stevens in an in a NHL final Stanley Cup game. He came back out, and he basically won the game for the Ducks. He had no business being back out. Yeah. Just watch the highlight. The kid is knocked out cold. He's out cold to the point where the camera's on him, then all of a sudden you see him wake up and his mask fogs up from him breathing because <laughs> he was out. That's it. 
that's one of the greatest highlights ever, and it's the reason why Paul Correa is a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um. So Washington leads the uh, Metropolitan. Pittsburgh's behind them, thirty-one wins, fourteen losses, five tie uh, overtime uh, losses with sixty-seven points, and the Islanders. 49 games played, 29, 15, 5, 63 points. You get to the wild card, dude, the wild card is tight again yeah, out here is. in the East. Blue Jackets with 62 points, Hurricanes with 61, the Flyers with 60, and then the Maple Leafs the with 57. 57 yeah. All those teams have plus goal differentials too. Yeah. All of them. Carolina with a plus 27 is in a wild card position. That's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible that, they're, that they put themselves in that position. But... It's how the cookie crumbles, man. Yeah. It's how the cookie crumbles. Um, but the NHL season's been very active. You yeah, know what it I mean? is. You've got so much going on as far as like st- the way the goals are being scored, the fever the, pitch. Uh, the first goalie goal in yes. like what, seven, eight years? It's incredible. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I'm just quickly, I, again, pulling up some quick stats here, right? David Pasenak leads the NHL in goal scored. He has yeah. 37 goals, right? <clears throat> so Connor McDavid... And I can't even pronounce his teammate. Just I'm not even gonna try. We'll call him Leon because I, I can't pronounce that. Drasadel. Drasadel, I guess. Seventy six and seventy five points respectively. Number one and two in the NHL. And McKinnon sitting there with seventy two. Seventy two points right behind him. Um, Ovechkin's catching up though on the goals. He's got thirty four right now. Yeah. Um, it's funny too because McDavid and Drasadel mainly have assists. Yeah. 49 and 48 assists. So yep. someone on that team is scoring goals. Yeah. Um plus, it's probably each other. <laughs> probably. Uh plus minus, you have uh your old boy Dougie Hamilton is up there still with a plus 30. Yep. Uh Ryan Graves from Colorado leaves with 34. Power play goals, Pastanak with uh with 16. We've got so many power play goals this year. I it's know, crazy. I know. Um time on the ice, uh Shabbat from Ottawa leads with average time, which that kind of it upplays the fact that Boston is a dominant team right now, but we can't win when it's three on three, and we can only really score when it's power play, power when play. it's five four or five three. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. I I don't know what to tell you, man. But we can't. We're not that great when it's five five or three three. Yeah. Well, it proves it in the power play percentages, man. You're number three in the NHL in power play percentage. Yeah. 25.4%. Yeah. I mean, Edmonton's scoring at a ridiculous place. 297 They're scoring one out of every three power plays. That's crazy, yeah. dude. That That's incredible. Um, It's just games played. Boston wins. Washington. The Bo- Boston Bruins have the fewest losses in the NHL. Ten. Yeah. We have Regulation ten losses. losses. Ten. But then... But then you lead the NHL in overtime losses with 12. Yeah. God. That's got to go up your craw. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. Sorry. Because, like, we started off the season so hot. Like, we could not lose. Nope. But then we started losing in overtime, and it just went It was a trickle-down effect. Yeah. Yep. Now, I see that we're moving on to NBA. Yeah. There's one name that I want to put out there who was this huge, huge name that everyone thought was going to be a major factor. For the New Orleans Pelicans, Zion Williamson mm-hmm. has barely played a game. Well, you got to remember, he was, he's been hurt. Yeah, he's been hurt. He's coming back from an injury. Yeah. But he was supposed to come back, I think, a couple weeks ago. Well, you know, injuries are tough, especially for a rookie. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't know how your body's going to react to an injury. Considering he... He only played one year of college. 
He played at Duke, right? Yeah, one year at Duke. Yeah, no, that's and he was he was the biggest touted player, and he was the number one draft pick. Yep, and that's my problem with today's NBA. So, NBA yeah, is a player's it, game. That's why I a, don't like it. It's a player's game. Everybody builds their super teams, and that's yeah. how you get, that's how you get championships. It's not yeah. like the way it was, you know, when Bird. Well, that's how you get championships. But look at what happened to Golden State. Yeah, but Golden State, Golden State, that team is built. That's not a super team. Yes, you can make the argument that. Um, Kevin Durant came over as part of a super team package. I understand that. But the core of that team was built through the draft. Steph Curry. Steph Curry. Both the Splash Brothers. Draymond Green. They were all true from their draft. They built that team. Unfortunately, Kevin Durant's too much of a coward to go and get his own championship his own way. So he joined that team yeah. to get his championship because it was the... Well, I can't beat him, so I might as well join him. Tactic yeah. because he couldn't beat him. He had them three one, and Golden State came back, beat them, and then went to the finals. Yeah. So, as far as I'm Durant concerned, was with who before? Oh, OKC. That's think right. Of, he was with the Thunder. Think about OKC's drafts. Think yeah. about what their team could be right now. They drafted Harden. They drafted Westbrook. They drafted, um, uh. Durant, that team was stacked. Yeah, stacked. And so, Harden went to uh, went to Portland. Uh, no, uh, no. Uh, Houston, Houston. And I'm pretty sure Westbrook's still there, right? No, Westbrook's now in Houston with with. That's Harden. right. Yeah, he went with J- uh, James Harden. OKC's blown up. Yeah. So, um, the NBA has been pretty much dominated this year by really two teams, <sighs> Milwaukee and the Lakers. Lakers are scary. Yeah, they're playing some of the best team defense you can and it's watch. It's because they have LeBron. It's no, not. it's not because they have LeBron. LeBron's it's because general, they have a great team. Yes, again, it's a player's league. LeBron can do everything he wants to do on the court. But last year proved that he needed pieces around him to help him. Yeah. Okay? He gets Anthony Davis. Yeah. Anthony Davis is a nice big body in the middle, takes away the lane, and what happens? All of a sudden, the Lakers are now a team that was near the bottom of the league bottom last of the table, year. Yeah. All of a sudden now... The number one. The number one, and they're gonna take the te- they're gonna take the championship this year, as if, long as everybody stays if, healthy. If Milwaukee doesn't, I don't think. No, I don't think. Antetokounmpo, I don't think he can hold a candle against one on one against Anthony Davis, as good as Antetokounmpo is. Yeah, you're not just going up against Davis; you're going up against LeBron James too. True. You know what I mean? LeBron James can take over a game if he wants. Yeah, and the Celtics Celtics aren't in it right now. Well, the Celtics but that's are because in it. we've been facing four. injuries. But We've been facing injuries. There's a lot of injuries. Yeah. You know what I mean? All, all around the NBA, there's a lot of injuries. Yeah. But, yes, the Celtics, unfortunately, have had their have had their share of injuries. Um, Gordon Hayward's out again. Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum's out. It just happens. You know what I mean? You got, you, but you got to ride that wave. If you get to the playoffs, almost anything can happen. Yeah, but there was a uh, an NBA all-star that was going to be voted in. Everyone wanted to vote him in. Mm-hmm. Taco Fall. I know, man. Everyone was trying to put Taco Fall, the rookie Celtic, who was barely signed to the practice team, into the All-Star game. I believe he has a two-way contract. I think that's what's going on is he has a two-way contract, so... But obviously, like you said, it's a players' league, yeah. and we'll continue to monitor the league. We'll continue yeah. to update you guys every week. We're not going to be things. doing huge breakdowns on it, but we'll we'll mention it every, no. every week, every couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. You know, we'll give our comparisons. I have plenty of f- friends out there who are NBA fans, and if you have anything that you want me to talk about, anything yeah. that you feel, send like, it to us because we're not know. we're not experts on no no basketball. I'm, I'm not I'm not a big basketball guy. What I'm I, not a big one either. What I what I am 
is I'm a big football guy. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna get into two things with this this end of season NFL going on right now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, we're gonna get into three things. We obviously have the Pro Bowl. Yep. Which nobody watches, but there's some big things that are gonna happen at the Pro Bowl this week. Obviously, we have the conference championships leading into the Super Bowl. Yep. We'll do our Super Bowl picks next week. Yep. And we're gonna go over each of our team seasons. Okay. So starting with the Pro Bowl, um, there's gonna be two new rule changes that they're gonna experiment at the Pro Bowl to eliminate kickoff. One of them is going to eliminate kickoffs, and the other one's a false stop penalty. Eliminate kickoffs? Yes. So what happens is the NFL is trying to make the game safer, and the most dangerous play in the NFL is the kickoff. You have people running in opposite directions, turning around, blocking, and stuff like that. It's a lot of high-speed collisions, right? So what they're thinking about doing is they're going to give two options to the team that scores. Either A, instead of an onside kick, you will have a 4th and 15 play that starts at your own 20-yard line. If you get the first down on a 4th and 15, you keep the ball and you continue to move down the field. If you don't, wherever the dead ball spot is, the other team gets the ball at that dead ball spot. So that's to eliminate onside kicks. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. To eliminate the kickoff is right after a score, the ball gets placed at the 25-yard line on the other side of the field, and the team gets the ball and starts going the other way. So that's how they want to eliminate kickoffs. So is that a choice by the team that scores for the kickoff? Yes, it is their choice. It can either A, The reason I ask that is because kickoff sometimes is used to run run clock. Correct. So that makes sense. Correct. So they're trying to make less dead clock time so this way teams can have more time on offense is what it is. Okay, that makes some sense. Okay, so either A, as the offense... After you've just scored a touchdown, you can go for it on 4th and 15 at your own 20-yard line, or B, you can just place it at the... So essentially, the Eagles will do that every single time because we love going on 4th down. <laughs> yes, you do. No matter how long it is. Yep, it is what it is. Good old Doug Peterson. Yeah. The second rule they're going to change is the wide receiver false stop penalty. So they're not going to call receivers for a false stop if they flinch and they reset themselves after one second and allow themselves to be reset for one second. So you know how sometimes they call a receiver for like flinching a little bit? As long as one foot remains on the ground... The receiver will not be called for a false start as long as he resets the other foot and stays set for a second before the ball is snapped. I like that. I do too because what ends up happening is sometimes you get a couple of receivers who don't know who's supposed to be in motion and they, they mess up on a play and then all of a sudden it's a five-yard false stop penalty. If you give the receivers a chance to reset, if there's time still on the clock, so it's like So it's like if someone calls a motion yes. and two players start to go at the same time. Yes. They both have to reset. They both have to reset. For one second. And obviously the quarterback will notice that. Yes. Let it sit. Let the clock continue to go. And then reset yep. him. Yep. And reset the and play. And then put the other guy in motion and send it. Yes. Correct. That that makes a lot of so, sense and I really like it. So that. that's something that's going to be experiment with at the Pro Bowl. Okay? I really like that a lot. Two. Conference championships. One game was good. The other game was a blowout. So we're going to start with the good game. We're going to start with the Chiefs and the Titans. Yeah. Until halftime. Which, speaking of, we haven't talked sports since like week 15, yeah. 16, the Tennessee Titans I, I made said, it. I said they were going to make it to the playoffs. I said it multiple times they were going to make and it to the playoffs. You know who I said? You know who said that was going to make it to the Super Bowl? Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, listen, I called it at the beginning of the season. I didn't have them in my playoffs. All right. I again. I, I will proudly take that. But you know who else I had in the NFC? <laughs> I had the Eagles and the Rams. Yeah. Okay. Which that didn't happen. Yeah. Well, I I, I had I had. Yeah, we won't even go over what I had. I had, you the, had, ba- I had the Bears, and the, I had the Bears and the Packers in the NFC Championship. Well, so you I had, had one of them. I had one of them. So, um, anyway, Titans, Chiefs. 
Titans got to this game off the legs of Derrick Henry. Yeah. And basically, the Chiefs basically said, you're not doing this with Derrick Henry. Yeah. And I was joking around with my buddy Reno, who's a Dolphins fan. And the thing is, Tannehill was a Dolphin. Yeah, he was. <laughs> and he's like, well, if Tannehill throws for 80 yards, the Titans should win. Nope, Tannehill threw for over 200 and Titans lost. Yeah. But again, the Chiefs are just but such it's, a it's dominant It's like the Chiefs offense. like to let their opponent I know. get up on you them. You see the meme? Yeah. Oh, let them score 21. Uh, yeah. We'll give him a 21 point cushion. Let's see what we can do with this. And, that, yeah. and that's from the. And then they ran over the Texans. Ran over the. 51. 51. 41 unanswered. I know. Incredible. But this week, you know, the Titans, it was just too much for them. It yeah, really it was. just was. As good as, as good as they were playing, and as much as everyone thought, oh, yeah, Derrick Henry can run all over. I feel Kansas for Mike City. Vrabel. Just, no, no, no. I don't. I don't. Mike Vrabel's going to have a new quarterback next year, and his name is Tom Brady. And. With with Tom Brady, you think Tom Brady is going to Tennessee? Yeah, I think all the pieces are in place for Tom Brady. He has a young offensive line that's going to protect him very well with Taylor Lewin at the left tackle. Okay, very young other pieces along the line. I can't name any of the other offensive linemen, but they have a run dominant offense. Okay, they have a very good outside receiver Brown, who's I think it's AJ Brown, who's unbelievable in these playoffs. Okay, is he a downgrade right now from Ryan Tannehill? Yes, he is. He's not Tom Brady from five years ago. No, he's, he's not Brady not. from three years ago. Tannehill's a younger quarterback that you can build off of. But Tannehill's also proved that he can make a lot of mistakes. If you get a veteran presence in there like Tom Brady, and you give him a running game that he's never had like this before, Derrick Henry is a back-to-back rushing champion in the NFL. Yeah. Okay? That offensive line is built to just run over people. If you get a field general like Tom Brady in there who can just dink and dunk and take over, dude... Dude, Tennessee is gonna Tennessee will be someone to wreck with. So, I'm gonna go on a tangent here, real quick. There's a conversation I was having with our with our buddy Matt. Okay, he says that Brady is not staying in New England either, but he is saying that Tom Brady will find his way to the newly named Las Vegas Raiders. Nope. No. No. I, Matt, I love you, man. But no, no, they have they have a young franchise quarterback, and as much as uh, as, Carr, as, as much as he does, as I don't much, know how much faith I have in Carr. Well, Gruden's not a big Carr fan, but the Raiders didn't invest a lot of money, and they're not just going to cut him right now with all that money that's guaranteed to him. <laughs> so, considering the fact that Brady's looking for a, a big number contract, he's not looking for a big number. I think he's, he's looking just, for five years. I don't think he's looking for five years. He wanted to play until he was forty five. He's forty two right now. He's he said he wanted five. He, he said in the con- interview he wanted five years. Three year contract. He wants a three-year contract. Three-year with Tennessee. Undeverable. Yeah. yeah. It'll be undeverable. And I okay. think it's the right move. I think it's the right move for both parties. I think it's right. the best possible outcome. Okay. So now the Chiefs have moved on to the Super Bowl. Andy yep. Reid, the old Eagle, is back yeah. in the Super Bowl. Can he actually get his championship? Well, he's going up against the San Francisco 49ers, who dismantled, not for the first time, the, second, the second time, time this year. The Green Bay Packers. Dismantled the Green Bay Packers. And Green Bay learned nothing from the first game. Absolutely nothing. They did the exact same thing. Dude, in the move. regular season, or in the postseason in the, that they did in the regular season. Exactly. Rodgers needed the pocket moved because San Francisco's pass rush is too good. Nick yeah. Bosa is a freak, dude. Yeah. A freak. And me and Matt had this conversation at the beginning of the year. Where did we think the 49ers were going to be? And he was confident, just like I was about the Bears. Good young defense. You're adding another player in Nick Bosa into the team. Yeah. This defense should grow. I mean, you have all these young talent along the line. And yeah, you know. They weren't. Anybody who's going to rightfully tell you right now that they thought the 49ers were going to the Super Bowl this year is full of crap. Yeah. Okay? 
they they were a year away in my eyes. I thought they were maybe the next year because I didn't know what Nick Bosa was going to be. Dude, Nick Bosa took over. Yeah. Took over. Defensive player of the year. Well, he's definitely the rookie. Defensive rookie of the year. Definitely rookie of the year. I don't know if he's defensive player of the year. We'll get to the awards maybe next week or the week we'll get after. That, we'll get that because I don't think oh, the NFL no, those awards, awards happened before the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. So, we so have, we'll do it next week. Okay. So the this is going to be a very interesting, it's a, sta- a real big clash of styles. You're going to have a really good defensive team who can just run all over everybody in the 49ers. Yeah. And you're going to have, an, have offensive an offensive team, team that basically just says, oh, we'll give you 21 points and we'll catch back up. Yeah. Really good contrast in styles for this Super Bowl. Well, and, the the conversation that I've been having with Matt, and I'll have it with you right now. If Kansas City can shut down uh, the 49ers running game, can Jimmy Garoppolo carry no. that team? No, no, he can't. He can't. This I is, don't. This I don't is, think so either. This is a Mike Shanahan offense. Okay? Yeah. Mike Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan's father. Okay, Mike Shanahan had thousand yard rushes throughout his entire career as a head coach. He, anybody could run in a zone blocking offense as long as you were a NFL ready running back. Okay, yeah. You have to remember he went from Terrell Davis, a guy who almost basically ran for two thousand yards a year, and yeah. everyone's like, "Oh, how do you replace that?" Well, Mike Anderson ran for thirteen hundred yards, and Clinton Portis ran for eleven hundred yards, and this guy ran for another thousand yards. Everybody forgets. Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns when they had Peyton Hillis as their running back. Peyton Hillis ended up being having one good season and got on the Madden cover. Yeah. Okay? This offense is predicated on zone blocking and people making their assignments. Can Kansas City disrupt those assignments? That That is Andy Reid's goal. goal for his defensive coordinator this week. Is because interrupt those assignments... Stop the running game. If, if Kansas put, City can stop the running game and put the ball in Jimmy's hands, they are Super Bowl champions. Yes, yes, but we will see because we still have a full week of preparation. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be happening over the next week. Yeah, my big take out of everything is that little dirtbag Aaron Rodgers. So I am ready to absolutely roast him. Right I'm gonna, now I'm gonna, because I'm gonna hands off. That is your NFC North. I'm going to sit back and let you go. It has nothing to do with him being in the NFC North, Josh. Super Bowl 50. Panthers, Broncos. Okay. Cam Newton fumbles the ball and doesn't go for the ball. And everybody roasted him right away. Roasted him on national television. Why isn't Cam going for the ball? Why isn't he trying to recover the fumble? Blah, 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 blah. Cam Newton isn't a team player. Blah, 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 blah. His body language is awful. Blah, 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 blah. Aaron Rodgers in that NFC Championship game fumbled a snap and just stood there and watched the fumble rolling around on the ground and didn't go for it. He pulled a Cam. He pulled a Cam Newton and he should be called out for it. Not only that, his body language was awful all game. I'm a Chicago Bears fan. I wear that proudly. I dealt with Jay Cutler for many, many, many years. Yeah. And his negative body language. And grabbing an offensive lineman by the face mask and yelling at him. And every time there was a bad play, pointing at somebody else and saying it was their fault, but always having bo- bad body language. If you're going to call Cutler out for it, Aaron Rodgers has got the same body language right now. He's acting like a prima donna bitch. And I can't stand it. That's not who Aaron Rodgers was. You know. All of a sudden, now he's just... F- folding up and he, he's got this 
he's got this woe is me thing going on because he's got to learn a new offense because he's been in one offense his entire career. It, it, it's a yeah. joke. It's a bad look for Rodgers. And I'll tell you something right now. He should be roasted just as hard as Cam Newton was roasted for what he did in the Super Bowl and just as hard for what Jay Cutler did throughout his entire career for bad body language because that's what he's doing right now. Very negative body language, and that's why the Packers couldn't come back in that game because they didn't believe that their leader had their back the entire game. Yeah. That's just that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. But next week. Lead into your Eagles. Uh, so. Your Eagles season. Where do you sit on it? You guys made the playoffs. So. I had them going to the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, obviously. I had the Bears going to the Super Bowl. So well, obviously we're going to have both of our teams going 16-0 and and going to the Super Bowl. No, I didn't have them. 15-1. Okay. <laughs> who did they lose to? Who were they Who are they going to lose to? Green Bay. Green Bay once. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I had them going 16-0. Okay. Um, but I'm proud of where we got with who we had. The reason I say that is because we had the talent signed on our roster. Nobody could stay healthy. That was our big downfall. Yeah. Deshaun Jackson. Uh um Darren Sproles got hurt. Yep. Um Vontae Maddox. Yep. Um at the end of the season, uh Green Goblin. Yeah. Uh Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, we were on a practice squad running back who led us in our last two games to the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, Boston Scott. And Boston Scott was performing in that in that NFC wildcard game, but couldn't perform enough. Okay. I think we have a solid playoff season next year. I'm not gonna say Super Bowl season, but playoff season if we can stay healthy. Okay. So I am essentially in the same book as you as far as health is concerned. With the Chicago Bears, you lose Akeem Hicks. Yeah, on the defensive line. Yep, puts more pressure over on Khalil Mack. Yeah, and as good as a season as Nick Williams had, you know, you lose Danny Trevathan to a broken arm. Then you lose Roquan Smith to a torn pec. Um, you kept your defensive backs pretty much in place all year. Kyle Fuller had a terrible season. Prince Mukamura got torched all year. Haha, Clinton Dix had a couple of good plays throughout the season. Eddie Jackson had another Pro Bowl caliber, maybe even All Pro caliber season because of the fact that. If you look up his advanced metrics, the kid was unbelievable again. But the thing was, is it all comes back to the offense. It all comes back to the fact that you hired an offensive-minded head coach and your offense is ranked 29th in the NFL, okay? 32nd in yards per play. What? And that's why they fired five offensive coaches this offseason. Mm-hmm. That's why there's a new offensive coordinator and a new quarterbacks coach and a new conditioning coach and a new special teams assistant coach, new tight end coach. They fired people where the problems were. Okay? I am ready. I am so ready for this offseason. I am ready for Leonard Floyd to be let go. Okay? He yeah. hasn't done anything on the opposite side. Everyone talks about Khalil Mack. Oh, where was Khalil Mack this year? Where was Khalil Mack this year? Yeah, he was facing three guys at one time because the guy on the other side of the line can't beat a one-on-one. And then when he beats a one-on-one, he can't get the quarterback down. Okay? Yeah. He's not a $21 million defensive end, Leonard Floyd. If he restructures his contract and he's willing to come back and they can and they can do whatever they have to do to try to make him better, everyone was hyping him up this past offseason like he was going to be doing something this year. He, hasn't, he didn't do anything. He had a great first game against Green Bay and then floundered the rest of the year. Okay, so Floyd needs to be restructured. Prince of Mukamara, 
I mean, I hate to see, I hate to say the guy's got to get cut, but there's younger, better talent. Kevin Tolliver the third looks really good as a second cornerback. You got bust the screen as your as your nickelback. You know, build with the youth you have. And Prince Mukamara may have to go. Ha ha, Clinton Dix, don't re-sign him. Danny Trevathan, this is going to sound unpopular. Don't re-sign him. I would rather you sign Nick Kwiatkowski and build okay. off of the two young middle linebackers in Roquan Smith and Nick Kwiatkowski. That's what I would rather you do. Trevathan's a great field general, but he's not going to be worth the money he's looking for. Yeah. Okay? You can't make the same mistake that you made under Phil Emery, which is go out and get Pernell McPhee and go out and get Willie Young and these aging veterans who don't do anything for your team because you need to build towards the future. The only thing they do for the team is drain the wallets. Exactly. And you need those wallets to stay flourished because, yes, luckily we've re-signed Eddie Jackson, which is awesome. But there are other plays we're going to have to look to re-sign. Your draft is going to be very important, too. It is. Because we don't have a first rounder. We have two second rounders, but we don't have a first. So yeah. we have to hit. And unfortunately, Ryan Pace hasn't hit on his second rounders. You know, Adam Shaheen, gone. Cut him. Awful tight end. Has no work ethic. Everybody said he was a baby Gronk. Hasn't done shit with the Chicago Bears, okay? You signed Trey Burton. He needs to go. Get rid of him. Your tight end position. Again, we've talked about this off air. We've talked about this on air. Andy Reid's offense is predicated about the tight end. Zach Ertz. Travis Kelsey. Okay, mm-hmm. who does Chicago have as a tight end? They don't have anybody. They, they 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 get Trey Burton. He hasn't done shit. You get Adam Shaheen. He hasn't done shit. You need to get a tight end in that offense, whether it's through free agency, whether it's through the draft. You need a tight end that's going to make a difference on the field for the Chicago Bears, and that's how the offense will flourish. That's where you can get into the power eye, and that's where you can stop running the ball with David Montgomery, and that's where you can get a little bit more powerful and maybe get back to what you were doing, not in 2019, but in 2018 when your team was a playoff team. Yeah, That's just what it simply is. That's how you break down this team. Sorry, but it is what it is. It's just disgusting. I think Dave's... Gone on his rant for the night. Actually, yeah. no, he hasn't. No, because, because we Astros haven't even talked about up. baseball. No, because the Astros are coming up, okay? So I'm going to make this very quick, okay? Astros, Red Sox, Mets, all five of their managers, mm-hmm. okay? So Alex Cora, out. Your boy, okay? Yeah. The 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 uh, the ringmaster behind all of this, okay? I don't want to talk about this anymore because you can go anywhere right now in the world and you can talk about it. Yeah. I want to throw something out there to everybody. And I'll let everybody kind of hit us up on Facebook or message me or whatever. I personally believe that Alex Cora was taught this by another manager in Major League Baseball when he was a player on another championship team here in Boston. I believe Alex Cora's sign-stealing tactics are something that was taught to him under a different management machine that won championships here in Boston. Are you talking about Terry Francona? I'm talking about Terry Francona. Go back and look at all the World Series champions. Go back and look at all the World Series teams as of late. They all have ties to either Terry Francona, Alex Cora, or... Um, I don't uh, remember the guys in uh, Houston. No, uh, forget Houston. Oh, I'm talk- uh, I'm talk- I'm, I'm talk- John Farrell? No, not John Farrell. Well, even John Farrell, but forget John Farrell. Um, who was the GM for the Red Sox? Young kid. Who's now with the Chicago Cubs. Oh, I'm not sure. Why can't I think of his name? Hold on. Uh, you keep talking about it. I'll look up his name. Well, anyway, it's just it's just odd that all of this stuff is coming out now. And I'm sorry, but th- this is a lot bigger than just three teams. Yeah, it is. This is a lot bigger than just three teams. Jed Hoyer? No. Uh, Theo Epstein? Theo Epstein. That's it, yep. Okay. Theo <clears throat> Epstein. 
again, you're looking at all younger talent, all younger management, and this is a player's move. Everyone's calling out the players of the Houston Astros right now for wearing the devices and stuff. Don't rip yeah, my Jose jersey. And, don't, rip, uh, don't rip my jersey. Altuve and uh, Bregman? Yes. I I think that this is something that was, that's been learned within these circles for many, 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 many years, and it's just been practiced and honed over the recent years with now replay being introduced and there being TVs inside the, the clubhouses in order to do things. That's just my take on it. If anyone yeah. thinks I'm far-fetched and I'm crazy, it is what it is, but that's just how I feel. No, I think, that's definitely an interesting, interesting I just, thought. I've I, not, I didn't bring that up. I just think that this has been something that's been going on in Major League Baseball a lot longer than people want to admit, and unfortunately, Rob Manfred has really got to stomp it out. He's got he's got to put his foot his, on the throat that's causing the problem and just go from there. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> there's speculation that... Um, both the Red Sox and the uh, Astros would have their World Series championship stripped, which didn't happen. I know. And it, it's not going to happen. You're not talking NCAA violations, no. the way they take wins and championships away from yeah, people. No. Finally, we're going to get to the Hall of Fame. Okay? Two players were elected to this year's Hall of Fame. So a pretty low number when you consider last yeah. year. I think last year there was five. Yeah. Last year you had an unanimous winner. Yeah. Mariano Rivera, 100% of the votes. Yeah. Somehow this year, Derek Jeter did not get 100%. He got a 99.7%. Yes. Who's the one guy out there who didn't vote for Derek Jeter? I don't know. It's got to be a Boston guy. It has, it has to, to be. be a Boston guy. Without a doubt. Okay. Dan Shaughnessy, I'm calling you out. It was you. Okay. All right. Just think about these numbers. Okay. First of all, Derek Jeter is first ballot Hall of Fame. Everybody knew that when oh, he retired. 100%. Okay. 20 years as a Yankee, captain as a Yankee, five World Series championships. He was going to get in the Hall of Fame. Without, without a, doubt. a doubt. Okay? His numbers are incredible, though. Okay? He's a 310 career batting average. 310 over 20 seasons. Okay? 308 in the playoffs. Okay? They don't call him Mr. October or Mr. November for no reason. Okay? No. 1996 Rookie of the Year. Five-time Gold Glover winner. 14-time All-Star. And a five-time Silver Slugger. Never won an MVP, though. Closest he ever came was second place. Okay, tough, t- tough in the American yeah. League at that time. I mean, you had Miguel yeah. Tejada, you had Alex Rodriguez, you had so many different players who were winning, yeah. okay? But the thing that I like most about him is like the highlights in his career. All right. His 3,000th hit was a home run. Yeah. His last hit in Yankee Stadium was, was a, a walk-off, walk-off. single yeah. to win a game, okay? Yeah. And let's not even talk about his defensive gems. You know what I mean? The... the, the, the to me, the one that always will stick in my craw was against the Oakland A's, mm-hmm. where you got that cutoff, that the, the right fielder overshot the cutoff, man. Derek Jeter catches it and flips it to the catcher and gets, uh, um, oh, God, Giambi out at the plate. I couldn't believe it. I was like, really? You don't slide into home plate? And because you didn't slide, you got Jeter caught you? Or how about the one where he dives into the stands and busts his face up? Yeah. And obviously, everyone knows his Nike swoosh symbol, where he's jumping in the air and throwing the ball across a diamond. You know mm-hmm. how much it, how much power it takes to do something like that. And everybody says he wasn't even the best defensive player on the left side of the field when he played with Alex Rodriguez. That he should have given yeah. up shortstop to Alex Rodriguez. Yeah. Alex Rodriguez should have been the shortstop, and Derek Jeter should have been third base. Argument for another day, my friend. Yeah. Argument for another day. Yeah. And your second Hall of Fame entrant is a guy who's been on the ballot for ten years, Larry Walker. Awesome to see him getting in. Yeah. Awesome to see him getting in. I mean, his numbers, yes, aided by aided by Coors Field towards the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Okay. 313 career batting average, five-time All-Star, six gold gloves, a silver slugger, but he also won an MVP in 1997. So mm-hmm. that's very key. You know, yeah. MVP seasons are awesome. Yeah. 
The thing about him, though, is there was a stretch from 1997 to 2001. Any season in which he finished the year. So in 2000, he played. He, he had an injury-shortened season. He only played, I think, 86 games. He batted 308 that year. Mm-hmm. Every other season, he batted over 350. That's insanity. Okay? Again, he was in Colorado, so he gets aided by the Colorado air, the thinner air. Yeah. That's still impressive. Three out of four years at 350. Is is Coors Field also shallow, or is it a, no, it's is a, big it a deep park? It's a big park. It's okay. a big park. Uh, I think four... 418 the center field I believe it's oh, a big wow. park so because so, I was gonna say if it if it's if it's a shallow park too then that that yeah, helps you a exactly, million times exactly. to one so you have those guys who got in but then you have three names who missed again this year Kurt Schilling Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds all three are in their eighth year of eligibility mm-hmm. okay but all three went up in percentages this year no oh. Schilling went up to 70 percent this year Clemens went up to 61%, and Barry Bonds went up to 60.7%. Yeah. Next year is going to be interesting for these three because it's a very weak class. There's a lot of interesting players. Who's eligible next year? Oh, God, there's so many eligible people. Now, is Ichiro... Not yet. Not yet? No, he just retired last year. You have to wait... Is it five years in Major League Baseball? I don't know. I think it's five years. Yeah, re- I couldn't remember when Ichiro s- t- retired. Yeah, he played. A I mean, he played for a million years. Yeah, well, you gotta remember his years in Japan and stuff like that. Yeah, Ichiro is a first ballot. Regardless oh, of when he gets doubt. on the ballot, he's a first ballot. But you're looking at if you really look over the players that are coming on the ballot next year, there isn't anybody who jumps off the page. You got Barry Zito who comes onto the ballot next year. Um, Tim Hudson comes onto the ballot next yeah, year. Yeah, Ortiz isn't on the ballot yet. Not yet. So there's nothing that really comes off. And then you got to look at some of the players who have been on the ballot for the last couple of years. You got Scott yeah. Rowland. You got Billy Wagner. Um, you've got Todd Helton. Todd Helton's case gets stronger because Larry Walker got in. So could Todd Helton get go up? I think he only had like 31 percent of the vote this past year. Could he go from 31 percent all the way up to the required 76 in order to get in? That's a possibility, especially yeah. with these three sitting at the top. Yeah. But one of these three is getting in next year. Oh, yeah. One of these three, if I not all. I think it'll be Schilling. Schilling will get in because he's already got 70%. He, yeah. He only missed by 20 votes this year. Yeah. There's a possibility of Schilling getting into the Hall yeah, of Fame Yeah, I can see year. Clemens in there as well. Bonds might take a little bit more, a little bit more time. If bon- Bonds needs to be in, man. Yeah. Bonds needs to be in. But I've done all my ranting for tonight. Yeah. I think that basically wraps up sports. As you haven't told already... If yeah. you listen to the last 10 episodes of sports, Dave runs sports because Dave is our sports. He's our sportscaster yeah. uh, here at the Double Doink. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much it. Do you want to uh, no. close us out? I'll let obviously, you close us out. Obviously, follow us on social media. Um, let us know uh, what you guys think. Also, reach out to us and uh, give us your opinions on specifically the big bombshell that Dave dropped about Terry Francona. Um, it's just an opinion, guys. But yeah, I'm, let us let us hear it. Yes, and let us hear your your predictions for the Super Bowl because we're going to be going over those next week. Uh, give us your uh, depoy, opoy, MVP, and rookie of the year and comeback player of the year. Uh, oh, comeback's going to be Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, most most but definitely. We'll, we'll get more into it. Yeah, we'll talk about that next week. And uh, yeah, definitely let us hear it. Uh, this has been a double doink production. I have been Josh. That has been Dave. Dave the doink. And I think we got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.